Welcome back to another episode of the Jacob Johnston Show. So the Democrats in the past week have not only crossed the line, they completely obliterated the line. They have completely abandoned any pretense of being decent people. They have obliterated any pretense of being part of civil society. Instead, they have gone on and shown that they are complete narcissists, that they are sociopaths, they are deranged, authoritarian. I mean, you can go off and go down the list of everything that could describe the Democrats, but in the end, they are horrible, garbage people, and there is no way about around that. There is no way to get around that they are among the worst people in history, and they're about one step shy of being Hitler. And I say one step shy because at least they're not going off and putting people in gas chambers yet. They're aborting fetuses. Right? They're killing babies in the womb, but they haven't taken full-grown adults and shoved them into the gas chamber yet. And that's about the only step that they are missing to becoming full-blown Hitler. So let's go off and take a look at some of the events over the past week. So the week started off with a school shooting, and the school shooting was committed by a transgender person. Now, granted, there's no such thing as transgenderism, but this is how they identify. So I'm going to go off and explain it. So this person goes in, 28 years old, shoots up an elementary school. And what was the left's response? Well, the initial response, which would be the right response, is to describe what a heinous act it is. But then they quickly change. After they go, yeah, 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 this is horrible, this is heinous, wink, wink. And then they switch off to, well, the community had it come, right? This was justified. You know, killing children was just... A necessary evil for the left to be able to go out there and talk about the genocide against transgender people, even though there is no gender genocide whatsoever. Now, what is it that they're trying to claim as genocide? Your refusal to participate in their delusion, your refusal to lie about their gender pronouns, your refusal to engage in their insanity is being equated to genocide. Not that you're actually harming them, not that you're actually committing any violence against them, not that any of them are actually being killed, but because you're refusing to participate in the delusion is what they're claiming as genocide. And therefore, if you don't participate in delusion, they are justified to go into an elementary school and gun down a bunch of children. The left is out there defending child killers, saying it's justified, saying the community deserved it. That's how the week started off, right? That's how we got to the other events that happened this week. Do you know how sick and depraved you have to be to try and defend someone gunning down elementary kids in the school and trying to say it was justified? Do you know how sick you have to be? And yet, that's where the left is. And they're all out there, not about the children, not about the families who lost their kids, But they're out there concerned that a transgender person gunning down kids might reflect badly upon the transgender community, that there might be some type of retaliation against the transgender community for one of their own gunning down children. They have no concern whatsoever about the kids, but then they want to go off and continue the narrative all the way down to gun control, gun control. They say, this is an example of why we need gun control. Okay, so they were promoting gun control 
before the shooting. Then one of their own goes up and shoots up a school. And then the reaction as we get to the end of the cycle is, well, we wanted you to give up your guns. You didn't do so. We shot up your school. Now, because of our own sick and depraved behavior, you must give up your guns. What? They're trying to justify taking away your rights by citing their own despicable behavior as justification for taking away your rights. It is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then you go off and you wonder, how did we get to this point? Well, you have leftists going out there actually promoting, killing anybody who disagrees with you. You have leftists going out there and saying, hey, we need to gun down conservatives. We need to arm up. And if you come across a conservative, kill them. They're trying to promote that we're evil people. They're gunning us down. We speak out against it and they call us evil. What kind of sick, twisted world is this? What How depraved do you have to be to be a Democrat? It is horrible. And they keep trying to play this game where they try to use their own bad behavior to justify why you should give them what they want. Right? They go out there and say, you must surrender your rights. You say no. They go out there and they commit a heinous act, and then they use that as justification for why you must surrender your rights. This is unbelievable. And then we go off and we take a look at you know, what states are doing right, to try and push back against the insanity of the left. Because gunning down children isn't the only thing that the left is apparently supporting these days. They're wanting to go off and mutilate and sterilize your kids. And they want to go off and use the public school system to prey on your children. They've turned them into camps for child predators, is what the school system has become, where they go off and they deny the kids an education, try to go off an indoctrination, try to go off and sexually groom these children. And then when you step up, they want to try and say, you're a horrible person. That's classic narcissism, where they engage in some of the worst actions. You speak up, you stand up for yourself, you stand up for the people that they are victimizing, and they try to rant and rave, trying to act like you're the horrible person. And there is no better example of that than this. We have created an environment of hate, and then we look at them like there's something wrong with them. First you hated black people, then you hated Jews, now you're hating everybody. So the question is, when it's the only people left are you, will you hate yourself? Power concedes nothing. This house is for the people, by the people, to serve the people, and you won't listen. You go after everybody's kids, but your own. You make hate the way to go as long as it's not applied to you. You have to ask yourself the question, why would they be doing that? Who are we to cause that? Yes, that is an unhinged leftist ranting and raving like a complete sociopath, going off describing everything that the Democrats are doing, but then Try to claim it's the Republicans. So we go off and we want to go through everything that she said. So the left is engaged in hate and division. Everything that they do is all about promoting hate and division. Anybody who does not look like you is looking to victimize you. Anyone who disagrees with you is an existential threat to your life. That is the narrative. That is the message of the Democrat Party. It's all about hate. Now, while she's going off and talking about what the left is doing, she's trying to say, oh, that's the Republicans. 
All right, completely delusional. Then she goes off to talk about the things that have happened in the past. All right, racism. Okay, the Democrats, they were the party of slavery. They were the party of segregation, the party of the KKK, the party of lynching, the party that stood against the civil rights movement. And she's going off and trying to say that that was the Republicans? No, it is documented fact. It is undeniable fact that it was the Democrats that did all that. So she's going off, ranting and raving, thinking that if she just shouts loud enough, angry enough, that we're supposed to ignore that everything that she says is a complete and total lie. And she tries to accuse the Republicans of everything that the Democrats did. And while she's going off and trying to rant and rave about racism, she is part of the party that engaged in all the horrible acts that she's describing. Now, she does go through a Freudian slip where she admits power concedes nothing. She is an authoritarian. She's going out there ranting and raving like this because she's upset that you won't let them mutilate your children, that you won't let them sterilize your children. And she's going out there raving like a lunatic about this. And yet she makes that so that power concedes nothing. And that's all the Democrats are about. They're about power. They're about going off and trying to use the, the government itself to ram down on you their will. They want to take from you any idea of liberty and freedom and subjugate you. And this whole transgender movement, all it is, is one big test of their ideological subversion tactic. Because if they can convince you that a boy is a girl, or they can convince you that a girl can become a boy, they can convince you of anything. And that's what this gets down to. Now, they are one step shy of being Hitler throwing kids into the gas chamber. Just one step shy of that. But she's going off ranting and raving like that, all pissed off that she can't mutilate and sterilize your kids. And that somehow protecting your children from these despicable predators makes you a horrible person. That is narcissism. She is a complete sociopath. And there's no way around that. And as if that wasn't bad enough, it gets even worse as we take a look at what went on during the week. So now the Democrats have also gone full authoritarian as they have indicted Donald Trump. Yes, they've gone off and they finally got their indictment. The prosecutor that ran on the idea of show me the person and I'll find you the crime has finally gone off and indicted Trump. Indicted him for what? Nobody knows. So they go off and they try to indict him for what? Some trying to claim it was a paper crime, you know, the payoff for Stormy Daniels which is the equivalent of a speeding ticket, right? Let's be honest. The level of crime that that would be, if it were true, that their claims that it was somehow illegal or done improperly, would be the equivalent of a speeding ticket, where any previous person accused or found guilty of such a thing, the punishment was to pay a fine. Now, for that, on top of that, you would have to prove that there was intent. This is one of those intent crimes. You had to intend to go off and break the law. Well, it's kind of hard to prove intent on the person of Donald Trump if he was just following the advice of a lawyer. I mean, you take a look at Michael Cohen, which we find out now is just a horrible person in and of himself, um, who is a confessed liar, a confessed perjurer. And that's the star witness, by the way, right? going off, but he had a law degree. And so you have this porn star looking for a payoff, 
and trying to find when is the best time to go after you know Trump to get a payoff for something that didn't actually happen. Trump goes to his lawyer and goes, okay, here's what's going on. What are my options? The lawyer, who is supposed to be an expert in the law, gives the, you know suggestion, you know, gives this as an option of what to do. And Trump goes off and says, okay, I'll let you handle it. And so he goes to the lawyer for advice on what to do. The lawyer gives him advice, and then he has the lawyer handle the execution of doing that, assuming that the lawyer, supposedly an expert in the law, would make sure everything that he does is on the up and up. So you got that issue where you can't prove intent on the part of Trump for following the advice of a lawyer. Secondly, you know, as we take a look at this, if if what he did was, you know, illegal, it's about the equivalent of a speeding ticket, and it's outside the statute of limitations, which means it's not even a crime that's prosecutable anymore, if it even is a crime. But then they come up with this convoluted theory to try and turn it into a felony by trying to claim it violated a federal law, you know, because he was running for president that all the federal agencies that would be responsible for prosecuting such have all declined prosecution, saying, yeah, there there really is no crime here. We can't find evidence that this was illegal, right? So you go through here, and they get the conviction for no actual crime, right? They get the conviction for for some legal theory that they made up out of thin air, and they do so with a grand jury, right, in New York. New York that went 80% Democrat, where you had the, what is it, the four-person of the grand jury come out giddy, smiling, celebrating that she got to vote to indict President Trump, you know, that she was all excited. It didn't matter what, what lack of evidence there was. It didn't matter that they couldn't find an actual crime or any evidence of a crime. They already knew, you know, the deranged Democrats that they selected for the grand jury, they already knew that they were going to vote to convict before they ever heard a single thing from the prosecutor. And this is how easy it is to get an indictment. And by the way, an indictment, all it is is we accuse you of doing what, whatever. Right? It's just an accusation is all it is. Right? It's just an accusation saying we accuse you of this. And it doesn't matter that it has no more substance than the phony Trump-Russia collusion narrative. It's just them saying, we accuse you of being orange man bad. That's all this is. And in that, they can go off when selecting a grand jury, go through and make sure that the people that are selected for the grand jury are all registered Democrats. I mean, it's really that simple. They can just go through and go, okay, we need to make sure we have a conviction. All right, so 80% 80% of the people that we're going to select for the grand jury, we're going to make sure they are registered Democrats. That way they automatically already want to indict, regardless of whether or not there's any evidence. And then you only need half of the grand jury to be deranged enough to want to indict somebody for nothing. And, and then on top of that, in the grand jury, only the prosecution gets to present anything. They, get, they choose what the grand jury does and doesn't see, which means any evidence that shows that the person is completely innocent doesn't have to be shown to the grand jury. And the defense can't present anything in front of the grand jury to show that, yes, we are innocent. And then after the indictment, Nancy Pelosi comes out 
with a tweet trying to say that Trump has to now go to court to prove his innocence, which goes to show you just how twisted and warped the Democrats are, because in our system of justice, you're already presumed innocent until proven guilty. The burden of proof is on the prosecution, but the Democrats are trying to flip this around and act like the burden of proof is on the defense, which is nearly an impossible standard to to reach, right? It's impossible. For, the, uh, for anyone to prove they're innocent. I mean, l- let me go off and try and explain this here right, on how impossible it is to prove your innocence. Let's say there was a murder committed at 3 a.m., right? And they want to accuse you of committing that crime, right? So they go off and bring, and you have to prove your innocence. You go off and you say, well, at 3 a.m., I was asleep. You know, I went to bed at 10 o'clock. Well, do you have any witnesses to that? Well, if you're a single person, no. But if you're a married person, you go, yeah, my wife. You know, we went to bed at the same time. You know, we you know, got into bed, you know, and fell asleep. And then they go off and ask, well, can your wife prove that, you know, as your alibi, can she prove that you didn't wake up in the middle of the night, leave the house, kill this person, and then come back and go to sleep? Well, no, nobody can prove that. Nobody. Nobody can prove that you didn't, you know, when you go to bed, right, with your spouse. Nobody can prove that you didn't wake up in the middle of the night, that you didn't then go commit the crime. And that's how impossible it is to prove your innocence of a crime. That's why our system of justice goes through and says it's up to the prosecution to prove your guilt, not up to you to prove your innocence. It's hard to prove what did not happen. And some of you may be going, well, you know, you could always set up a camera in the house to record that you slept throughout the night, and then they'll come back and go, well, prove that you didn't change the time and date on the camera, you know, that you didn't record yourself sleeping the night before and just change, manually change the date on the camera. See, they can always come up with another theory as to why anything that you come up with to try and say you're innocent is somehow bogus. They can go endlessly. This is why our system of justice is all about them having to prove your guilt rather than you having to prove your innocence. And the fact that they're going off and tweeting that is a Freudian slip that lets you know how authoritarian the left has become, how horrible they are, how they're trying to flip everything upside down in order to overthrow our Constitution, overthrow our liberties and freedoms, and enact their authoritarian rule, which is why they are so focused on the schools, why they are so focused on being able to have unchallenged classrooms of kids where they get to go off and lie to them, indoctrinate them, where they get to prey on them, you know, mutilate their bodies, sterilize them, tune them up with all types of artificial hormones, driving them insane. So when they go off and they send out these tweets and engage in these political prosecutions, trying to now keep more political prisoners, which they have already started engaging and political prisoners, that you don't recognize that, that the younger generation is unable to perceive what is actually happening because they haven't learned history. They haven't learned United States history, and they haven't learned world history. And that's the way they like it. That's the way they want to keep it so that they can go off and just overthrow the Constitution and have people cheer as democracy dies. And it's just like when you go off and you look at you know, the Star Wars movies, you take a look at the prequels. I know, I know 
you know, the prequels were not the best. Neither were the sequels. The original trilogy is by far the best out of all nine movies. But there is one part where during the Clone Wars where they um, where they go off and vote the emergency powers to the Chancellor. Of course, the Chancellor being a Sith Lord, right? They go off and they basically give him unlimited authority. And it was Queen Amidala, although Senator at this point, that goes, this is how democracy dies thunderous applause. And that's what the Democrats are going for. They're going for a majority applause to overthrow your freedoms, to overthrow the Constitution, to enact an oppressive government. And you take a look at what's going on in Canada and what's going on in Europe, where they are going off and they are rounding people up and arresting them for simply stating biological facts, because biological facts does not meet the government pre-approved narrative. And they want to call it hate speech. So if you go off and say, hey, you know, a boy is a boy in Canada and Europe, they will come out and arrest you if you post that on social media. And they want to enact that here in the United States, where if you say anything that is not pre-approved by the government, they're going to lock you up. This is where we're going. And so as I go through here, I mean, I got a list of things that I wanted to cover here, uh, you know, and I'm not going to get around to it all. But this is where we need to stand up. We need to stop turning the other cheek. We need to stop rolling over. We need to stop listening to a bunch of rhinos that say, no matter what the left does, just roll over and take it. You know, don't even think about whether or not the Democrats should have to suffer any consequences, legally or otherwise, for their actions. Well, how has taking that advice worked for us? Right? Now, as I get into that, know how that has worked. I'm going to get into how this indictment actually pretty much almost cement that Trump will become president again. Definitely the Republican nominee, right? Because he's going to plaster that mugshot all over merchandise as constant visualization of just how sick and depraved the Democrats are, how authoritarian and corrupt they are. Because remember, Trump's entire message in 2016 was about the swamp, how bad the swamp was, the weaponization of government against you, right? And we go through and we take a look at what has happened over the years. Remember back in 2012, when the IRS was targeting conservative groups in order to influence the outcome of elections, they were going off and putting tax liens in the name of Republican candidates on properties the candidate didn't even own. What was the result of that? No one suffered any consequences. No one was held accountable. And the Democrats were rewarded for their corruption. Then we go off and we take a look at the next election, 2016. What did we see there? We saw the Democrats paying someone to put together a a fake dossier, funnel it to the FBI, who then used it to target the, the sitting president at the time's political rival the rival of the Democrat Party, President Trump, who was then candidate Trump. They spied on him and then leaked some of the information that they got from their spying operation to Hillary Clinton's campaign. While they were doing that through the FBI, you had leftist groups, Antifa, taken to the streets and and engaging in violence. Now, I still remember the great videos that came out uh, with, what was it, uh, Antifa Pepperballs? where that one Antifa guy got hit in the nutsack by a 
uh, was a rubber bullet or, you know, um, pepper bullet or something, right? I mean, yeah, it was hilarious. But the left still went out there and they engaged in all of that violence while the FBI was targeting the political rival of of the party in power, the White House. And throughout all of that, after Trump was elected president, they turned that into a special counsel investigation, where the special counsel, not only long after they realized that everything that they were investigating was a complete lie, they submitted a fraudulent report to the Congress committing perjury. Nothing happened. Nothing whatsoever. Then we get to 2020. And what do we see in 2020? Well, we see that the left had, you know, through Anthony Fauci, had gone through and illegally directed funds towards gain-of-function research on the coronavirus. The virus got loose. Then they used the virus that they helped fund the creation of to justify violating all election laws and thus the Constitution. To go out there and basically say, hey, we know the Constitution says that the state legislatures are the ones that determine the time, place, and manner of the election. But you know what? We're just going to throw that out the window because of this virus that escaped from the Wuhan lab that we're lying to you about, you know, and claiming that was naturally developed and that they helped, you know, and that the Democrats helped fund the creation of to justify going off and engaging in the most illegally operated and unconstitutionally conducted election in history, which was ripped with so much irregularities, fraud. And of course, you also get the usual fraud that we see of Republican ballots ending up in garbage dumpsters. Sorry, you needed a drink. But Republican ballots ending up in garbage dumpsters, places running out of ballots for in-person voting, knowing that Republicans engage in in-person voting, while Democrats generally do melon votes, which Republicans can't do melon votes because if we do, our ballots will just end up in the dumpster. And then you had voting machines, of course, on election day, breaking down, you know, so much suppression, so much corruption. But this is what they did. And they pushed through this illegal and unconstitutionally conducted election to install Joe Biden in the White House, who has then, since being in the White House, gone through and had his Department of Justice go through and have parents targeted as terrorists. Remember? Parents being targeted as terrorists for going to school board meetings and speaking out about the school promoting that their kids mutilate their bodies and sterilize themselves. To speak out against the school, basically distributing pornography to kids. To go into school board meetings, speaking out about the school's practice of telling kids that they should hate anybody that doesn't look and think like them. And the Department of Justice under Biden want, had those parents targeted as terrorists. And we keep going on and on and on all the way to now, Trump being indicted on nothing and going to be arrested and have a mugshot. Now, if your entire campaign you know, has been on the premise that the government is corrupt, that the government has become a power abusive, targeting the people and, and putting their political opponents in jail, what do you think? What do you think this right here, this whole indictment does? It only goes through and proves everything Trump has been saying, everything that the Republicans have been saying. We have gone off and seen what the Democrats are doing. Now, in 2016, I mean, not 2016, but in 2020, we thought, and maybe we got overconfident, that Trump had a slam dunk victory. 
I mean, here it is. The left was going out there using the virus that they, by the way, were lying and exaggerating about and overinflated the death count for a political narrative after they had funded the creation of the virus and then paid someone to write a report that said, no, the Democrats are not responsible. And the Democrats themselves, or Anthony Fauci himself, had the final approval on the final draft and then claims, of course, I didn't know who wrote it. But we got overconfident, you know, because the Democrats were violating the Constitution all over the place, locking people in their home, engaging in various unconstitutional acts. Meanwhile, the Democrat base was out there terrorizing communities, burning entire communities down, violently attacking people. And we saw the violence night after night after night. And we thought, well, who could ever vote for that? Who could ever support a party that agreed with that? And we got overconfident. But turns out that all of that violence made judges scared. Judges were scared of the violence, which is why they quickly decided, no, we're not going to allow any challenges to the election, because if we do, these people are going to attack us. And we know that the judges wouldn't be protected. Why? Well, remember after Roe v. Wade, after you know the the leak about the overturning of Roe v. Wade was announced and everyone was going out and threatening the Supreme Court justices, going to their homes illegally, threatening them, and going off and trying to intimidate them and telling them, don't you dare do it. Don't you dare overturn Roe v. Wade. Well, it turns out that U.S. Marshals were told not to arrest protesters outside of the justices' homes. That's right. And this is according to hotair.com reporting on that. So the judges knew that they wouldn't receive any protection whatsoever. Why? Because the Department of Justice is only there to protect Democrats. And so if a Democrat wants to attack you, violently assault you, if a Democrat wants to kill you, the Department of Justice under the Democrats are going to let them. They're not only going to let them, they're, not, they're going to make sure they never face any consequences for it. And then on top of all of that, remember the whole issue with the Proud Boys, right? where the Proud Boys are supposedly this violent right-wing extremist groups? Well, it turns out that the feds had more people in the Proud Boys than the Proud Boys. The majority of the Proud Boy membership were federal agents. This is the same thing as the whole Governor Whitmer um, kidnapping. Right? The whole kidnapping plot, where the FBI came up with the idea of kidnapping Governor Whitmer. They went out there and recruited people for the kidnapping plot. And then in the end, they busted it up and said, you know, it was right wing extremists. And what? All but two members of the group planning the kidnapping were FBI agents? This is them going off and engaging in false flag operations, just like what we saw with January 6th. Where we were, as we've seen the videos released by Speaker McCarthy, the Democrats digitally altered the videos that they showed in the January 6th committee hearings to lie to us. And then we know that there was left wing extremist groups dressed as Trump supporters. Long before anybody entered the uh, Capitol building, they were being pointed out by live streamers on the ground and how Trump supporters were trying to stop them from engaging in vandalism, stop them from attacking the Capitol Police. And then we see that the Capitol Police actually invited the protesters and told them, 
It is your constitutional right to protest. Come on in. And as you saw with the QAnon shaman, you know, that Jacob Chansley, the police were escorting people around, directing them to go here and there, unlocking doors for them. And the left narrative is, these are violent insurrectionists. We know that the only reason why the, pro- why the Capitol Police invited the protesters inside is to give coverage to the left-wing extremists who were there to engage in violence in order to disrupt the Stop the Steal rally. And you had the FBI director sitting before Congress and asked, could you say, while under oath, can you guarantee that the FBI agents weren't there agitating the crowd? Because we do have the one person that was saying we should enter the Capitol being shouted down as a Fed. And And under oath, the FBI could not deny that their agents were there to agitate the crowd. When asked, if FBI agents you know, were engaged in the violence and vandalism on January 6th, under oath, the FBI director could not deny that. Hmm, I wonder why. And so we go through and we take a look at the totality of all of this, all the way from the IRS targeting conservative groups to everything that's gone on today. And the message is to keep rolling over, keep turning the other cheek, that these people should not suffer any legal consequences for their actions? No, they got to this point. The reason why the left is so violent, hateful, and depraved today is because they are never held accountable for their actions, because they are never, never, ever punished for their behavior. And the more they get away with, without consequences, the further they're going to go. And if the Republicans in D.C. are not going to do anything about it, then it's up to the states. And if the state legislature isn't going to do anything about it, then they're leaving us no choice but to defend ourselves. If we can't rely on the government, on law enforcement, then that only leaves us having to defend ourselves. Now, luckily, we have the Second Amendment, at least for now, so we should be able to defend ourselves. And everyone should be out there exercising the Second Amendment since the left is all now saying, oh, you know what, instead of getting rid of guns, we're going to arm up while advocating killing all conservatives. So you need to keep that all in mind. But all of this is to say that if you have a person going out there talking about how crooked and corrupt the government is, how it's been weaponized against the people, and that very same person has been victimized by the government more than anybody else targeted, and investigated endlessly based on nothing but proven lies, oh, then who better to elect to end that corruption? I mean, think about this. After you go off and take a look at all of that in Trump's message, you also realize that Trump, if reelected, if elected in 2024, this would be his second term, his final term. He would have zero reason to hold back. He has no reason to hold back in hopes of, you know, doing just enough to keep his base happy, but not enough to turn off independence. No, 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 no. He would have no reason to hold back because he would never be able to be reelected again. He'd be term limited. Now, there are some issues or problems with Trump as president. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he is the one that put Christopher Wray in his current position as FBI director, replacing James Comey only to be just as bad, if not worse, than James Comey. So we still have the issue of Trump being a poor judge of character. But 
when it comes to all of this, Trump's personality, who is more motivated to go after the left for every corrupt, illegal thing that the Democrats have done? Who's more motivated to completely and totally obliterate the swamp? And who has nothing to lose doing so? That would be Trump. And that would be one of the biggest appeals of Trump. That, and we know under Trump, we'll once again have a booming economy. Uh, Russia will once again be minimized to you know nothing. China will be brought back into line. North Korea will settle their ass down. And we'll have a stable international community again where we'll be able to continue peace efforts in the Middle East. So that's where we go on. And the left is celebrating that they've got an indictment on Trump, even though everyone recognizes that is complete and total bullshit. I think they miscalculated here. But of course, maybe the Democrats don't care that we the people see through this and get angry because as far as they're concerned, they already rigged one election. What's another? All right, so there was plenty more that I wanted to get through uh, today. Now, I usually have an outline of everything that I want to cover, but I'm not going to get to it all. So I think I'm just going to go ahead and end it right there. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in, and I will be back again soon.